Coming to you from beautiful Santa Barbara, California. Promoting peace, healthy living and happiness. It's the Peace Podcast with host Barbara Gahn-Mueller. I just want to thank you for joining us today. As you know, I am a Rotarian. I was a Rotarian in the late 80s when they allowed women to be Rotary members. I was walking down the street with my lawyer and he said to me, would you like to be a Rotarian? And I said, but they don't let women in. And he said, yes, they do. And I said, okay, let's go to your Rotary Club and see if they want a woman because I don't want to be somebody that's going to sit on the sidelines. I'm too active for that. So we went to the Rotary Club meeting in Hollywood and outside of the Holiday Inn was the Hollywood sign on the wall or on the mountain. And I said to myself, wow, women can now be Rotarians. So I opened up the door and I said, do you want a woman Rotarian? And they all said yes. And I said, okay, I'll join. So Hollywood Rotary Club and I were great partners for a very long time. And I wanted to tell you how important it was when women joined Rotary. Today, you're going to hear from a person, and I'm Barbara Gon Mueller, and she is Dr. Ann Frisk. Dr. Ann Frisk received the 2017 award from Rotary, the prestigious award, the one that said, and tell us what that was called, Rotary UN People of Action Peace Champion Award. Isn't that what you were given? Yes, one of one of six people that was uh, given this award in 2017. I guess it's never happened again. Um, so it, it it was at the Rotary UN meeting in Geneva, and um, it, it's I, I haven't seen any other since. So I I continue to claim I'm one of six. Well, an illustrious one of six, because I have been reading your bio and I just can't get over it. I'm Barbara Gon Mueller, and you are listening to peacepodcast.org. Why? Because peace is possible. Why? Because we want to make sure that mutually assured survival is the byline for everybody on this planet, including all living trees and all living matter. We belong to each other. Why do we do this? Because it creates happiness. And happiness creates healthy bodies, healthy mind. And then you become in sync with the harmony of our planet. So I welcome you. Peace is possible. And it begins with mentors like Dr. Ann Frisk receiving that award in 2017. And they haven't repeated it because I don't think anybody has done quite as much as Ann Frisk in her short 10 years of being a Rotarian. She now is a member of the We Rotary of International Peace. She is amazing, 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 amazing. As I read about her bio today, she says that she's not only a member of the Rotary E-Club of International Peace District 5000, but in receiving that award allowed her to articulate the work for nonviolence, nonviolent peacekeeping, practice of unarmed civilian protection. Oh, if we could only do that. Today, we had our Rotary Action Group for Peace meeting, board meeting, and Dirk was talking about the basics that they don't have in Ukraine now. Dirk is a member of our board. He's also in Ukraine. And as you look at the people who are suffering today, you say, why? Why? And that's why I brought Anne on, because there's something that's even bigger than the suffering. It's the potential of something that could wipe us out. 
And we know what that is, but I'm going to let Ann tell you. And when you think about the potential that we could all become annihilated, it just makes me scared to death because I have grandchildren. And I'd like to say to Ann, Ann, you know, you have done, you had such an illustrious career. I could begin to say that you have been working as a professor. She is a professor emeritus at the University of Wisconsin at Oshlosh. And she has been a senior advisor and unarmed, unnamed or unnamed civilian protector of nonviolent procedures. We Rotary Club of International Peace, District 5000. I repeat that because I'm so proud she's a Rotarian, a Paul Harris, Paul Harris Fellow, uh, Rotary International People of Action Peace Champion, and last but not least, Chair of the Nuclear Weapons Education Subcommittee Committee for Rotary Action Group for World Peace. So when you see yourself, how do you see yourself as a Rotarian, as a strong woman, and Dr. Ann Frisk, I welcome you. Talk a little bit about what brought you into Rotary. Talk a little bit about how you have become such an action part of Rotary. Thank you for joining us today. Well, thanks, Barbara. It's wonderful to be here on the, on the stage with someone who has uh, pioneered peace and made it happen in so many ways, and especially with the Rotary Action Group for Peace, of which I've been a member and was a charter member. So um, actually, I was a member of Rotary when I was on the faculty at the University of Wisconsin, Oshkosh, <clears throat> because um, our um, uh, the, the head of our university, president of the university, said, Ann, you should be a Rotarian. So what could I say then? Um, I, I went into the Rotary Club of Oshkosh, and um, I have to say, uh, it was mostly men at the time. And uh, I would say I, I didn't feel very comfortable, but there were women in leadership there. So um, I, I dropped out of Rotary, um, sort of in between doing things. And, and then I was working for Nonviolent Peace Force, lecturing. I had been an unarmed civilian protector in Guatemala and came back to be the executive director's uh, Exhibit A when, when he was lecturing and stood in for him when he couldn't. Well, it doesn't sound like you're unhappy to be a Rotarian. I'm very happy to be a Rotarian. So I, I, I walked into the Rotary Club of St. Paul one day because we thought we would like to have them help us get some money. <laughs> and so we talked and felt a lot of synergy and excitement. And then, but nevertheless, I said to myself, it doesn't work this way. I have to be a Rotarian. I was on my way to um, uh, Bangkok um, to be uh, an invited speaker on action and the action of unarmed civilian protection. They handed me my pin as I got on the plane. So that's my, my story. That's a wonderful reason to be in Rotary because you know you can do so much. So with that, I'm going to ask you the first question today because you have been the chair of the Rotary Action Group Nuclear Weapons Education Subcommittee for four years. What have your significant accomplishments been? Well, Barbara, in a, in a, we, we came into this in the typical way, the way Rotary became came to be champions of polio elimination. 
Um, the Rotary Action Group for Peace endorsed the treaty on the prohibition of nuclear weapons, engaging in a world effort through the United Nations. So we morphed from a small group of catalysts. I'll name them Bob Smith, David and Brenda Newman, Rudy and Karen Westervelt, Al Jubitz, Marcha Hunt, to a website petition with 600 signings, signers and a, a diaspora of 100 people. So we were very successful, successful at some of the meetings we went to, Ontario Peace Conference. I think you were a, a key person in that. Um, and uh, we, we got 200 signers in one weekend. Ira Helfand, one of the world leaders on nuclear weapons elimination, had a standing ovation at that meeting. During COVID, we had our best opportunity to reach members of other Rotary clubs. We left the link to meetings, uh, invitation to sign the Japanese Survivors Appeal, and personal contact. We had site events in Toronto and Hamburg. Um, virtual conventions um, were opportunities to meet people. So we brought in people from India and Pakistan, Canada, US, Sweden, Nigeria, Argentina, Brazil, Mexico, all over the place. We are interracial, multidisciplinary, men and women with strong women's leadership everywhere. So here's what I think is the key success is that Rotarians have come to expect that we can talk about nuclear weapons we started with programs where we asked Rotarians what questions did they have about nuclear weapons, showed some videos about the potential impact, and we've done a number of global meetings, um, meeting uh, directly to Rotarians through and with other groups. And one district governor, my district governor at the time, said that the elimination of nuclear weapons global meeting was the highlight of his district governor year. So bringing in and working with these Rotarians already in the movement, researchers, activists like Ira Helfand, um, <clears throat> they found a place in Rotary and Rotary found a place for them. So the strategy group became Rotarians for a world free of nuclear weapons under Francis Jeffrey's leadership and Helen Peacock reached thousands of Rotarians with her presentation on what is political. Because political has somehow become the, 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 the criteria for whether you could do something in Rotary. But what she showed was that Rotary was very political. I mean, the, the presidents have admitted this in its quest to eliminate polio, which means working with world leaders which is essentially nonpartisan. You know, and as you said that, it was like the vision drove them. It was the vision of the world free of polio that drove them to, to ignore those political um, underpinnings. They weren't political, but that's what they were calling them. But it was that vision. So is your vision that for a, nuclear, a world free of nuclear weapons fit with the rotary goals? Uh, I, yes, yes, that was our our only goal. And um, because, especially because the Rotary Action Group for Peace had endorsed the treaty on the prohibition of nuclear weapons very shortly after it passed the UN, um, we, we began with great enthusiasm and immediately found that even people who, you know, they had some disagreements about some things, 
they also really want a, a, a mutually assured survival. Uh, so we, we now have common acceptance. We can speak to Rotary Clubs and be accepted because we, we do dialogue with people. They accept us and we accept them for the, who they are. So it matches the mission of Rotary, doesn't it? Say that the, again? That tip, the eradication of nuclear weapons matches the mission of Rotary. Absolutely. Because Rotary is of service. It is, uh, is it beneficial to all? Think about those, the four-way test. Is it beneficial to all? Think about if we eradicate nuclear weapons on our planet, then the four-way test works. So let me walk you through a couple examples because we did a very specific four-way test. We didn't just assert it passes a four-way test. We even brought up the deterrence theory, which is the main, uh, this is what people use when they want to have nuclear weapons. They say it keeps us safe. So the way they, they say it, it keeps us safe because the more we have, the less likely we'll be attacked in a conventional war and the less likely anybody will dare to put nuclear weapons on our soil. So we, we examined that. It, it simply doesn't pass any test of truth. But we also said, well, let's, let's just see for a minute if, is it possible that, uh, let's just pretend for a moment that it does offer security. Would it pass the test um, and the rest of the four-way test? So here's the problem. If nuclear weapons are provide security to countries, then every country should have them. So we have to think about the max of major expansion of nuclear weapons everywhere, their maintenance, the potential for accidents and miscalculations, and even rational decisions by leaders and military uh, commanders to use nuclear weapons. So it would, it would, but right now it's not fair to all because if it's our security, if it's some state security, then everyone should have them. Maybe we should require them to have them, right? And then everybody would be safe. But as it is now, we work some countries, the nuclear countries work very hard to keep other countries from getting nuclear weapons. So then you have to look at, would this deterrence theory that's already unfair build goodwill and better friendships? And it just, it doesn't. We know in our own relationships with people from our opponent countries that it doesn't help us engage with them and be comfortable with them. Well, that's why I'm so proud of the United Nations, because that's where you become comfortable with your partners around the world, the other countries. You know, as I walk through the halls of the United Nations, and you've been there many times, I feel this kind of a sanctuary for conversation. And I think that the TPNW, the Treaty for the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons, is one of the most profound treaties that the United Nations has ever created. And I just can't imagine why people don't pay more attention to the TPNW. Can you tell me what you're doing to make sure that we all understand the value of the TPNW? Well, we, um, um, as you know, the, with your help, we got Rotary Action Group for Peace accredited by the United Nations. 
Uh -huh. uh, yes, by the United Nations, the uh, disarmament uh, commissions. And um, two of us went to Vienna uh, for the meeting of the TPNW. It was a magnificent meeting because they believe in women's involvement. There are women there. There are young people there. They're delegates. They're delegates to this, this treaty. Um, the, the attitude toward women, uh, toward survivors, many of the survivors uh, were also there as delegates. Uh, they're treated with great respect. And it's an attitude of collaboration. Two days, they accomplished all of their goals. Now, we also went to the Nuclear Nonproliferation Review, which is the old men-built treaty, uh, government treaty, um, that was set up to keep nuclear weapons for five nuclear nations, US, France, UK, Russia, and China, and deny them to everybody else. In return, those countries could have nuclear reactors and the power, the very same material that is used to make nuclear weapons only at higher enrichment. So um, we went to that meeting we don't support this treaty because it's it's unfair to everybody to, as a starting point. It hasn't worked in 70 years. Um, they couldn't come to an agreement in 25 days. But honestly, we went, we listened, we were respectful, we tried to see their positions, um, and, and we wrote about them in our, our final report. We laid them out as they wanted to hear them. So we are we are trying to tell everybody's stories. The story of the United States and France's and China and Russia's feelings of insecurity. We think they come from having nuclear weapons rather than from being without them. I just love the way you describe the situation today. This is a very scary situation when you think about it because somebody could have an accident, somebody could say, uh, something that would trigger a reaction in somebody. And so the TPNW is a protection. It's actually protecting us, isn't it? Yes, if you keep in mind um, Mr. Zelensky's uh, <clears throat> lament that they, Ukraine had given up nuclear weapons. And he said, if we had only had nuclear weapons, we never would have had this war. But in fact, the US has nuclear weapons, UK, France, they're all partisans in this war on the side of Ukraine. So I would have they were certainly protected by nuclear weapons. And um, the, 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 there's there's certainly the risk of accidents and miscalculation. There was a, <clears throat> a, a nuclear weapon that went off from the silo, uh, landed nearby. <laughs> a, a lot of damage done, people were killed but I bet you haven't heard of that. Then there was a couple of nuclear bombs that dropped out of a plane in North Carolina, one of them which has never been found. That to me is very scary. Wow. Um, they weren't armed, but nonetheless, when you think of it, well, they could have been. Yeah, accidents happen. A accidents happen. And then the, the one for which we have to thank the Soviets, the Soviet commander who got on his computer the signs, all the signs of a nuclear attack. <clears throat> and he just tried to keep people calm and say, let's just, I think this is a mistake. I, we, we don't have any issues with the US right now, so why would they be doing this? 
States says, I think it's a mistake. No, 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 it, it really looks like it. It turned out to be a training tape of how the U.S. was oh trained to respond because uh, some gover governments that have nuclear weapons, including my own, the U.S. government, believe they can win a nuclear war, which is just like, gosh, be realistic here. Uh, it's a fantasy. It's just not possible. All the scientific evidence is there is no winnable nuclear war. Uh, it is only a loss to everyone, everyone. Even one, even 10, even 100 would end civilization as we know it. Well, and if people wanted to find out more about the TPNW and your positions about the TPNW, where would we go? Would we go to the United Nations website? Would you go to? Oh, if you you you, you want to know what the treaty looks like, it's very yes. simple. Uh, we want to read it. Just put in basically text TPNW. You will get the text. Uh, it's it's very simple. It lays out the conditions. And by the way, it does not it does not take away any right to nuclear reactors. As some countries say, we don't want to sign the TPNW because we don't want to lose our nuclear reactors. And the TPNW affirms all previous treaties on nuclear weapons. So that should be laid to rest. So here's here's how it would happen. If if you don't have any nuclear weapons, if you're not allowing landing strips in your country for nuclear carriers, uh, if you're not building gizmos for nuclear uh, uh, nuclear weapons, you can come in to the Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons. 68 countries have already done that. Uh, and uh, But if you host them, or if you are providing uh, space for them to land, you, you, you could still come in. In fact, any of the nuclear non, uh, countries could actually come in to the treaty anytime they want to, uh, but just sign, ratify. They have to first lay down their arms, which is a good way to put it. They, they have to make inoperational all their nuclear weapons. So that just, you have to throw the switch, okay? At the meeting at the TPNW in Vienna uh, last June, we heard them make the policy on how soon they have to get rid of their, 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 their nuts and bolts, 10 years. And they made a point of saying, this is based on good scientific information. They didn't just say three years should be enough, five years should be enough. They built them, they can, they can take them apart. They said, no, the best scientists for the US and Russia, the biggest holders of nuclear weapons, about 8,000 apiece. Yep, it could take 10 years. They even allowed a five-year extension under extreme circumstances, but they'd still be members. They're not threatening anybody anymore. So to say it's impossible, not only is that very possible, it is very easy they still have to do the hard work. Mm. 
I thank you, Anne, for first for being a Rotarian, for bringing the message to Rotary Clubs. I've noticed in your bio that you speak a lot about what we need to do to make our world protected and safe and to understand the mythology that has propelled us to believe that weapons will keep us safe. It's a mythology. And we have many reasons why today the United Nations is our peacekeeper. And you know, the United Nations was found on the principle to avoid the scourge of war. And here we are right now in this beautiful 2022, almost ending the year into 2023, we have so many wars on our planet. We haven't learned that art of negotiation or conflict resolution or conversations. And so with that, Anne, I have always asked our guests, and you were fabulous today, and I thank you so much. Dr. Anne Frisk, what is your dream for our planet? Uh, my dream and the first thing that we have to do is get rid of them. And as I say, if they come into the countries, come into TPNW, they turn off the switch, we can all breathe easier. And they can come in one by one or all together. There's no nothing precluding them from come getting together on the side in some hotel room and saying, you know, can, shouldn't we just get rid of them? We don't need to go to TPNW. We, we don't, we don't want to do that. We want to do it ourselves. So. Any, any way possible. The TPNW will be the body to carry the message. So my dream is that Rotary Action Group for Peace will celebrate with us on this, that we will again, under your leadership, go to the United Nations, get accredited at the TPNW meeting, November 27 to December 1st of this coming year. And we are going to have, we already have several people, like three or four women, in Latin America, <clears throat> namely Argentina and Brazil thing. Sign me up, we're, we're gonna be there. A woman in Mexico, sign me up, we're gonna be there. Um, we have probably one woman in India and probably a number of men will, will also join us. We have had an equal number of men and women at these meetings. So the value of being there, this is, this is my dream, that we will make a big presence and the great thing is, and I'm referencing the president of the TPNW, the first meeting of states parties, that it would be great if Rotary would endorse the TPNW and join us in making a safer, safer world. So secondly, we meet great people at all of these meetings. And we come back and we, we take them into our, our work. Uh, we met parliamentarians, one from Bangladesh who said, I'd be glad to come and speak to a Rotary Club any day. Mm. I'm going to put him in touch with the Rotary Clubs in mm. Bangladesh because they're all supporting the TPNW and very happy because they're right between India and Pakistan, two nuclear nations, and they would be literally first to just disappear from the planet. You're um, listening to Dr. Ann Frisch, and she has a passion for peace. And her passion for peace in, includes making this world safe for all, that we can go to bed at night knowing that nuclear weapons are not our threat, but they are being demolished or 
de-weaponized so that we can have a future that counts. I'm Barbara Gon Mueller, and I want you to listen to this very carefully. Maybe some of you who are new to Rotary don't understand that Rotary was started in the early 1900s by Paul Harris. In fact, you're looking at two Paul Harris fellows, both Anne and I are Paul Harris fellows. We are Paul Harris fellows because we believe that the future depends on us, and I am so happy to say that women in Rotary have made such a difference because we are passionate about peace. We are passionate about making a world that works for all and keeping everybody mutually assured that their survival is gonna be intact. That's what women bring because we're mothers. And my late husband, Dr. Robert Mueller said, no mother of a son should be able to say, my son shot the son of another mother. War is just not the way. And nuclear weapons is not going to protect us. We have to protect ourselves in a logical, conversational tone that allows this treaty, the NPNW, TPNW, to allow it to be to its full fulfillment. And with that, I want you to invite somebody to listen today. Listen to this conversation that I had with Dr. Ann Frisch, because you will find that you will be able to understand how this works how we as a nation and how we as a world can work together. With that, I say thank you and join us anytime. And if you're in your car and you want to have a conversation and you want to listen to one of the Peace Podcasts, go on Spotify and just listen to the people, the mentors who have given you their wisdom for the work that they are doing on planet Earth. And with that, Dr. Frank French, I'm Dr. Ann Frisk. I thank you with all my heart for being here today. You know, it's not easy to be a scholar, to be a person who knows better, and one who shares her wisdom so beautifully. With that, I say thank you again. It's been my pleasure. And all of you, invite somebody to come to the meeting and listen to Anne again. With that, I say thank you for joining us. Bye for now.